Welcome to Pain Talks, hosted by Pain Consultants of East Tennessee. In this episode, Dr. James Chu sits down with physical therapist Laurel Anderson to discuss how physical therapy can assist with neck and back pain. Hi, my name is Dr. James Chi with Pain Consultants of East Tennessee, and today we're speaking with Laurel Anderson, physical therapist here at Pain Consultants of East Tennessee. How are you doing? Doing great, thank yeah? you. Yeah? All right, good. So let's uh, talk about physical therapy. Um, well, first, let's get to know you a little bit, Laurel. How long have you been working here with us? I have been here a little over two years at Pain Consultants. Two years. Okay, so and before then, um, what were you doing? Um, mostly outpatient therapy over the years. Um, also some ergonomics, um, doing office ergonomic assessments. So for that's a big word, ergonomics, what, what does that mean? It is helping people to function better in their environment and be more productive. Okay, and so is that um, work, work top spaces, trying to get in the correct position so that you're more efficient, don't hurt as much, and uh, Absolutely. kind of uh, <clears throat> avoid injuries? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, um, helping the person Helping the workspace, workspace match the person, not the person fitting to the workspace. Okay. And so making it customized to what their needs and their body type and all of that is. Do you do um, extra training for that? Yes. I've taken um, a couple of courses uh, to get a certification in ergonomics and then more recently one for um, specifically remote ergonomic assessments of office spaces. Oh, okay. So uh, you, you're just trying to size up... Uh, people, how they're working, what they're doing physically, and then just making some recommendations and changes on how absolutely. how better to do it, right? Yes, absolutely. And that really can help them be much more functional and comfortable at their workspace and ultimately improves productivity as oh, well. Great. So is that, uh, have, a, have you seen that over the past two years uh, take a significant role in what you do for some of our patients here? Absolutely. Um, Anytime I see someone, um, if they are working and they express that there's might be some issues in their workspace, we discuss that. And um, I've had people bring in pictures of themselves at their workspace. Really? Yeah, and and address um, those specific situations that may be going on, and mm-hmm. uh, they've expressed some good results after after that. So there's some good feedback as a result of Absolutely. your input. Okay. What are some of the uh, when dealing with physical therapy, uh, you've done a lot of outpatient prior to phys- for prior to doing pain. Uh, but now you've worked exclusively with pain patients for two years. What what are some of the big uh, things that you've noticed as challenges, or uh, that's that's very specific to our population? Um, I think before I came specifically to work with um, pain patients, I often felt that some of the things that I was treating physically um, maybe has some type of emotional component to it. That was just your gut feeling about it? Yes. Okay. And then once I came here and started doing more reading about things, um, I realized, oh, that actually is the case Mm -hmm. and how um, that link between emotions and pain and um, how important it is to address that and not just hone in on, oh, you're here for your back and I'm going to treat your back. Mm -hmm. It's very important, I think, to treat the whole patient. So you're addressing, um, it's not that you're a psychologist, but you're addressing uh, some of the emotional components while you're doing physical therapy. Absolutely. I I think one thing that um, many patients have 
said is that it's just nice to have someone who truly listens to mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, our medical society is, is rushed and pushed. And so sometimes I have the opportunity to spend more time with that patient than a doctor does. How, what's your set, typical sessions like, time-wise? About an hour. About an hour. Okay, so that's a long mm-hmm. time. Right. Yeah, so it's really nice to get to know that person better and, you know, make them feel that they're important and invested in. So you have the time. Absolutely. To, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you think empathetic listening has been very helpful as far as the therapeutic relationship between you and the patient? Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. huge. It really is. <clears throat> so is that a, a, one of the major key differences? What What else uh, have you noticed that's a little bit different that, that's specific to people who suffer from pain on a daily basis? Um, sometimes there's fear of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had this pain for so long that they don't want to do anything that might make it worse. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so they feel like they're kind of moving in a little confined box absolutely. in order to prevent more suffering. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I do a lot of stuff to try and overcome that. How do you encourage them? Um, well, first of all, just to teach them that our bodies are meant to move. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need that. Um, but also, I've used some Tai Chi, which has been remarkable to mm. see how people have responded to that because it's very slow and um, rhythmic movement, but fluid. Um, and mm. I've had some people that have had pain for many years and were very, very, maybe we tried traditional um, range of motion type of exercises or strengthening exercises, and I could just see that they were so guarded that we weren't getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took a step back and tried some Tai Chi, and one person in particular had just a remarkable response, and, and really, um, she was like a different person. Oh, really? So uh, we're in East Tennessee, so um, we might want to explain what Tai Chi is to the the, pop, the population over here. We're not... We're not in, uh, you know, Chinatown, New York, uh, Manhattan, but uh, what, so what is Tai Chi? Tai Chi is, um, it actually has a basis in martial arts, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's based on a self-defense martial art. However, it's just very slow movement, um, and people, I think sometimes when they first see it, they think, how can this benefit me, or how can I even gain strength or stability? But you have to have stability to allow yourself to move slowly and stay upright Hmm. so it does promote balance it promotes overall stability and strength um but it's just very it's beautiful to watch actually very Hmm. fluid slow movement um in specific patterns and it's just remarkable how people that are scared to death to move their arms because it might hurt their neck you know, can now do these movements in Tai Chi. And they and I think it kind of takes some of the um, pressure off of, okay, I'm going to turn my head now. And, you know, people get very caught up in that. Mm. And I think the Tai Chi, once they see what the movement looks like, um, it's very, it's, it helps them to relax. And I think they <clears throat> realize that they actually can move their body and it doesn't have to be painful. Okay. And I also don't have them, if I'm working with somebody like that, I don't have them focus on, okay, we're going to do 10 repetitions of of this movement in Tai Mm -hmm. Chi because there's that mind-body connection that comes with that. And so I emphasize tying it in with some deep breathing techniques as we're doing the motions and coordinating that. And I just see that um, I can just watch them melt before my eyes and relax and... Mm. Um, 
I think not focusing on a number of repetitions. I just tell them do it until you have reached that state of feeling relaxed. Okay. Wow. And then we can move on to the next motion. Well, and it's no one size fits all. So it's not like everybody's doing Tai Chi. So what no. else do you do? What other modalities are you using? Um, we use traditional modalities for pain relief, mm-hmm. um, ultrasound, electrical stimulation, mm-hmm. uh, massage. Um, a lot of times the soft tissue stuff really can help kind of get somebody over the hump to starting to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then exercise, of course, um, helping people. Often I spend time going through what, if they are doing exercise already, what are they doing? Um, I have them show me how they're doing it because okay. there's often a breakdown in form. Okay, okay, I got you. Um, I have to correct some things to make sure they're doing it in a way that's helpful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to talk specifically about each person's diagnosis and, you know, with their si- with their certain diagnosis, if there are exercises that would be contraindicated, then we discuss that as well. Okay. What they shouldn't be doing. Now, the... As a clinician, uh, we're trying to think about all the other things that we can do for patients. Um, procedures or medicines, physical therapy, you name it, psychological care. Um, one of the biggest hurdles to care for physical therapy, from my perspective, is that a lot of my patients have come in uh, and they have had a, an injury or surgery or surgeries or injuries, and they've had multiple sessions of physical therapy, and they say, I can't, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing physical therapy because it hurt me. I did two sessions, uh, and I couldn't walk the next day, and I'm not going back. Um, I hear that a lot, okay? They've been two, three times, but uh, why do we think um, an approach that's specifically tailored to chronic pain patients, despite the fact that he or she has been through multiple sessions before, before in the past, why do you think we, our approach might be a little bit different? I think the biggest thing I hear from patients that have been many times to other physical therapy sessions is that no pain, no gain mentality. Um, and I tell them, that's like if you're 20-something and you're working out at the gym and you're going to yeah. be sore after you work out. That's mm-hmm. not when you have an injury or a surgery or anything like that. So I think teaching them to listen to their body mm-hmm. and realize, okay, at this point I, I need to stop. If I'm experiencing pain or I'm, I'm experiencing fatigue, I need to stop at that point mm-hmm. and take a break. And maybe I can return to what I'm doing and maybe I can't. But, but really just not teaching them not to push through those things because ultimately it'll make them feel worse anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it's, if they spike their pain, it may take longer for that to, to decrease. Um, the other thing that I'm a huge believer in is, is education. Like I do a really in-depth education with every patient about posture and body mechanics. And um, even my patients that are, you know, ex-nurses will say, they may come in saying, oh, I, I was taught that stuff in nursing school. Yeah. And I say, you know, I, I respect that, but I do believe that what I'm going to say is different than what you were taught mm-hmm. um, in, and some things that you probably haven't heard before. Yeah. And many times I've heard from them, wow, that was, that was good information. That was really helpful. Mm-hmm. And because there are so many little things that we do all day long mm-hmm. that if we're doing them in a way that's not beneficial to our spine or whatever our issue is, 
it just can be constantly setting someone back. And then by the end of the day, no wonder they feel crummy. Yeah. So I think if we can get on the same page in the very beginning about um, things that they can do and do them correctly, mm-hmm. um, they are going to feel better, number one. But I also feel like they're going to respond better to therapy because I am not fighting against everything they are doing the other 23 hours of the day. Yeah. You know, um, it's hard for me to make progress if, if they're doing those things and setting themselves back all day long. I got you. So uh, if you're talking about diagnoses uh, in the chronic pain space what, over two years, what do you see most commonly? What are some of the most common reasons for people to show up at your footstep for your help? I would say the majority of it is spine. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, neck and low back you mm-hmm. think about equal yes. in both or a little bit more low back I think, think yeah I think a little more low back mm-hmm. than neck um, it seems but but yes definitely both of those sometimes mid back but I would say um, neck and low back would be the, the greatest um, sometimes it's you know joint issues from a previous injury Knees, years shoulders, ago exactly ankles things yes. like that yeah yeah so previous injuries but really a lot of low back and neck a lot of that what can two people do to uh, prevent more neck and low back suffering from your perspective? Again, I think, I think a lot of that goes back to posture and body mechanics. And mm-hmm. um, I often say I wish I could get a hold of people at like 18 or 20 and do the kind of education that I do with them um, at that age and maybe stop them from doing things for years that could be setting them back Mm -hmm. that sure would be great but i don't know if they would listen at that age (laughs) yeah (laughs) sometimes people have to burn to learn right exactly um well you brought a list of things that you wanted to talk about so what else could we talk about that uh, we haven't hit touched upon um one thing when we were talking about um emotions and stress and you know that there is that link with chronic pain and and often somebody that is um, dealing with some emotional things or or stress whether it be family or work or whatever um, you know their nervous system is kind of ramped up and can make chronic pain worse so I really do um, if I see that that's an issue for someone I try to address that from the standpoint of teaching them about meditation and mindfulness and breathing techniques um, there's a great app that I use um, with people um, when I'm talking about meditation. I try to dispel some of the myths out there about meditation, mm-hmm. um, one of which I had myself before I started practicing meditation, which was that I'm not good at this because I can't completely quiet my mind. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing this meditation and now I'm making a grocery list in my head. Yeah. or whatever and and um so i try to tell people that it's okay you're still benefiting even if your mind wanders for a moment you can come back failing at meditation right um and i have found that that really really helps people i actually had a gentleman recently that um i taught meditation to showed him the app and how to use it and he really took it and ran with it. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, and um, is <clears throat> able to completely alleviate his pain. Wow. When he result. meditates. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
but you don't do physical therapy in a box. You're part of the team, um, and that's maybe a little bit different from what you um, have experienced before in the past. Um, tell us about a little bit about that multidisciplinary approach to pain. How's that? Um, is that been a benefit, or has that been a hindrance? What? How's that been uh, a part of your practice? It's been great. I um, I really love that there's that close interaction with the doctors and the nurse practitioners, that if there's a question, I can go get that addressed right away. Um, having psychology right here on site is amazing. Um, there have been a few times when I had to pull them in on a more urgent basis, but also just, you know, if, if I sense that somebody is really struggling and I, I will ask, you know, is that something, is counseling something that might be beneficial to you? Um, and sometimes they have taken me up on that and we've made that referral. Mm. Um, I really love that they're <clears throat> that the whole patient approach um, that pain consultants provides. I just think it's it's just really key to to helping people get better. Is is really addressing that whole patient. So I think it's a fantastic model. Well, I think that was a really wonderful summary. Um, we've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the team. Uh, we've had such great feedback from all of our patients. I, I don't think that there was a single patient I could think of that crossword about your care. Um, and also your willingness to embrace the team approach. Um, it makes such a big difference. The per individual providers, the people that are actually delivering care are so important. And uh, our investment in you has just made such a wealth of benefit for our patients um, and you. expertise that you provide. So we're very, very thankful that you're a part of the team. And I think we'll just close with that. And that's, um, again, I'm Dr. James Shue. This is Laurel Anderson, our physical therapist at Pain Consultants of East Tennessee. And we'll have you back on again, probably in the future. And we want to thank all the patients out there and everybody that's listening. Thank you so much.